Welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen. And so they fired Jay Gruden. Um, for many people that know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm born and raised in uh, the DMV. I'm a Redskins fan, Wizards, everything is DMV. I'm a fan of. Um, but I look at the Washington Redskins like a, like a house. There's many parts of a house. You have the doors, you have rooms, you have bathrooms, you have kitchens. But if you look at a house, the one thing that every single house has in common is a foundation. You see... Without a foundation, without a strong foundation, the house is completely useless. It might be able to stand, it might be able to, to take a little bit of wind, but when turbulence comes or in the long run, the house will fall because the foundation is not strong. If you look at nearly every single team that struggles. If you look at every single bad organization, uh, the Redskins, the Wizards, um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, who else? The Cleveland Browns. If you look at any organization, any struggling or any bad organization, what is what do they have in common? bad management or bad front office with Jay Gruden getting fired from the Redskins I'm, don't get me wrong I'm, I'm happy that he's gone uh, when you come out and, and, and pretty much leak that you didn't even want Dwayne Haskins the same thing that happened with RG3 with Mike Shanahan when you come out and, and not adapting to the times, when you are under 500 your entire career, I mean, your entire tenure, and he's been a, a team, what, six years, when you have the resume that Jay Gruden has, there should be no reason why you're still with the team. But I digress. And, and I'm not one to call for somebody's firing. I'm not one to for someone, like, say someone should lose their job if it's not warranted. Jay Gruden, it was warranted. Jay Gruden, yeah, I understand he's dealt with injuries. I understand that, uh, you know, he might not have had the quarterback he wanted. But, again, when you are well below 500 in six years, yeah, you got to go, my G. But a lot of people that I'm seeing on social media, a lot of people that I'm seeing uh, on TV, a lot of uh, sports talk people, they're pretty much saying that Washington's problems are solved. A lot of people aren't, but a lot of people are saying Washington's problem is solved. Washington's problem is solved with Jay Gruden leaving. And I say, 
that Washington's problem is nowhere close to being solved. Because like a house, if your foundation is weak, your house is weak. If your team's foundation is weak, your team is weak. And then the funniest thing is when Bruce Allen, the GM, comes out and says that we have a strong culture or we don't have a culture problem. The Redskins haven't won a have not won a playoff game, not not a not a Super Bowl, haven't won a playoff game since 2005, which is 14 years ago. 14 years ago, I was still in mid 14 years. I was still in middle school. I see this, I see the quarterback or the the coach list. Um, And I was talking to a friend of mine the other day um, when Jay Gruden got fired. And he was like, you know, the list came out. They want Mike Tomlin. They want Todd Bowles. Or I hope they don't get Todd Bowles. But they they want people. And I'm thinking to myself, why would you want to come here? Look at the, look at the coaching success that we've had. The last coaching success we had he left to go coach NASCAR. You know, we talk about culture and when you say that Washington doesn't have a culture problem, you're absolutely right. They don't. Because they do not have a culture as of right now. They haven't been good in my lifetime. Yeah, there was a couple seasons. There was some RG3 seasons. There was a couple games, you know, a couple Jason Campbell games, a couple Mark Brunel games, a couple uh, Kirk Cousins games. But as an entire season, I don't remember in my entire life them being good. In fact, they have not won a Super Bowl in my lifetime. I think the last time they won was 1991. I wasn't born in 1991. You see, Washington will continue to have problems. People say that they're cursed because of the name. People say that they're cursed because of the way that um, we were cursed because of old, you know, old situation with players. No, I don't think Washington. I I, I said this. In a in in like a an episode back you know back 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 again uh, a long time ago, but I don't I don't believe Washington's curse. What I believe is they are poorly poorly managed, and when you have something that is poorly managed, it will descend like a plant. If you poorly manage a plant, the plant will die. If you poorly manage a house, the house will crumble. Again, I go back, look at every single team, any sport that is terrible. The Marlins, the Redskins, the Wizards, the Knicks, the, 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 the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They, one thing that they all have in common is poor, poor, poor management. 
So yes, Jay Gruden getting fired, you know, that's a, that's that it's kind of like a like a like a um it's like a gash, you know, like you cut yourself gash or injury. You can put a band-aid on it, but you're still bleeding. Until you get to the root of the problem, which is management, I think Jay Gruden had to go. That's check one. Bruce Allen had to go, has to go. He's still there talking about the there's no, there, we don't have a culture problem yet because we don't have a culture. Uh, we can't get rid of Dan Snyder because he owns the team. It's like until we, at least, at least Bruce Allen, until we get rid of or start fresh with management, we can fire. We can fi- You know what's funny? You know how we talk about Cleveland and their quarterback situation? Washington has the same type situation, not only with the quarterback, but with coaches. We remember Jim Zorn, Mike Shanahan, Jay Gruden. You remember, go to, quote, uh, go to quarterback, you remember Jason, I mean, uh, Mark Brunel, Kirk Cousins, RG3, Dwayne Haskins. Colt McCoy, Case Keenum, Donovan McNabb. The list goes on and on. You see, I don't sit here today a happy fan. I don't sit here today a disgruntled fan. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't make no type of money watching them play. But what I do say is I am a fan, and I know that Jay Gruden leaving is a solution, but not a solution to the bigger problem. And until we figure out, no, not figure out, because we know what it is. Until we handle and actually address the bigger problem, the Washington Redskins will continue to suck. Will continue to be bad. Will continue to... Produce mediocre football. You know, this uh, is funny, man. The, the Redskins used to be once a revered franchise. You know, back in the 90s and uh, late 80s. Like, people used to love the Redskins. Because the Redskins used to be good, you know. But that is not the case anymore. So, yes, with Jay Gruden, y'all heard the intro music. I'm, exci- I'm happy that Jay Gruden's gone. Jay Gruden was doing absolutely nothing, especially his last, what, year and a half. But I'm not naive and I'm not stupid in thinking that all our problems are solved now. Because with Bruce Allen Allen still there, Dan Snyder still there, the, 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 the foundation has not been addressed. Yeah, you might have a... Jay Gruden was like a like a like a room that you decorated. You 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 gutted the room out and you redecorated it. It's a beautiful room now. But if the house is still under shaky or under rotting foundation, it doesn't matter what that room looks like. It doesn't matter how beautiful that room is. The house will still 
crumble or the house is still crumbling. And I feel worse, man. I feel worse for Dwayne Haskins, man. I'm not saying Dwayne Haskins is ready. No, I'm not saying he's ready to, to, to lead a franchise. I'm not even saying he's ready to be a starting quarterback. But what I do know is, and, and what I've heard is this. The most important years of a young quarterback's life is year one and year two. Look at, look at all the quarterbacks, case in point. Look at Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen was projected to be one of the top quarterbacks coming into the league when he came out of UCLA. Then he had turmoil everywhere he went. And now look at Josh Rosen, still under turmoil with the Dolphins. Who, by the way, is yet another franchise that is struggling. Why? Look at their management. When you have this coaching problem, when you have front office problem, how do you expect to, 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 to develop or get better as a quarterback when you are unable to, when everything around you is unstable? No, I don't think Dwayne Haskins is ready. I think he holds the ball a little too much. I think he, he has trouble rating defenses. Uh, a report came out saying he has problems uh, relaying plays in the huddle. No, I don't think he's ready, but I don't expect him to be ready as a first-time quarterback. You, you know, there's only, I don't think, I think the last time a rookie quarterback was, was ready might have been Andrew Luck. Or RG3. Maybe Deshaun Watson. Definitely Cam Newton. But it, it's a rare breed to be ready once you come out. But one thing that Andrew Luck and uh, Cam Newton and Deshaun Watson had in common is they had a foundation. And that foundation was able to groom them. Now you look at Cam Newton well, now he's injured, but Cam Newton got to a Super Bowl. Deshaun Watson, we'll talk about a little bit later, is an MVP candidate. While Andrew Luck retired, before he retired, he was one of the best quarterbacks in the game because the foundation allowed him to grow. If your foundation is not steady, steady again, just like the plant, if your soil is bad, you're never going to grow. Right now, Washington soil is bad. So how do you expect Dwayne Haskins to grow? I know, it's, <laughs> I know it seems like, and I know it seems, I know I'm on a little rant right now, but it's, it's just frustrating to me that a team can be so stuck in their ways that it seems like they're not, they're, they're not, they're not focused on getting better. They're focused on the status quo, even though the status quo is not winning. I don't, I don't, and the way, the way that this is going, I don't see. Until a change like maybe Bruce Allen's gone from GM, Snyder sells a team, which I don't see happen. 
or something just drastic changes. It's gonna be the same. It's gonna be the same old coaching, uh, coaching carousel, quarterback carousel. Again, I named you, Jason. Uh, what's his name? Um, Mark Mark Brunell, Colt McCoy, uh, Donovan McNabb, Dwayne Haskins, Case Keenum. Um. And what's that dude's name? Is it Jason Taylor? No. I forgot that quarterback's name, man. I said it earlier. But still, it's like a carousel of mediocrity is going to continue to run rampant in your, in your franchise or with your franchise until drastic move. And, coach, and, and a quarterback, uh, uh, a coaching change isn't a drastic move, man. I didn't want to start the I didn't want to start the podcast off so 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 depressing man. Um Ah man, it's it's just frustrating when your franchise is so inept and they don't even see it, but the fans and the world sees it. There was people saying that oh we got Dwayne Haskins this, you know, this could be our year. I'm like what? What year are you talking about? This, this could be our year. Well, we have a great defense. We do have a good defense. I don't know about great, but even then, our defense is damn near bottom bottom five in almost every category except minutes played on the field. Jeez, Louise, man. It. It, uh, I really don't see this getting much better anytime soon, honestly, until Bruce Allen's gone, until Jan Snyder, because Dan Snyder says year after year, it's kind of like, um, you know how Dwight Howard always, and I'm a Dwight Howard fan, but you know how Dwight Howard always says, you know, I've changed, um, I've, I've figured a thought out about myself. Dan Snyder says the same thing almost every time we get a new court, uh, coach. I'm going to step back and not, I'm going to let the coach coach. I'm going to let the management, I mean, I'm going to let the coaching staff do what the coaching staff does. I'm not going to interfere. He says that almost every time, almost every, and, and almost, he says that every time we get a new coach. Then yet, you see stories like management took over the draft and forced Jay Gruden to get Dwayne Haskins. Do I think Dwayne Haskins was a bad pick? Not at all. But Dan Snyder picked Dwayne Haskins, not the coach. And the thing is, another thing about Dwayne Haskins is I don't know how he's going to continue to grow because while Jay Gruden is still not is fired, his coaching staff is still there. And right now, I think the running back coach took over as head coach. So even if Dwayne Haskins starts, I don't see him passing the ball too much because it's the running back coach. So he's just going to have handoff after handoff after handoff after handoff. Oh, man. You know, I'm about to get off of this, man. But, oh, man. Washington is such. 
you know, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's bleak when you don't see um, anything changing. Like, it's, it's physically draining when you don't really foresee much change, you know. <laughs> it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. Let me get off of this. Let me get off of this. Sticking with the NFL. Uh, the Chiefs lost to Indy um, Sunday night, and you know, when you're a team as good as the Chiefs, or no, when you have a player as good as Patrick Mahomes, he's able to mask mask a lot of problems that you have. You know, going into the season, I thought the Chiefs were going to win it all, and they still could. But having a player as good as Mahomes allows you to forget a couple things. Forget that you gave up your top three defensive players after your defense struggled last year. Forgetting that your offensive line wasn't the best last year. You just made a lot of crazy plays. Forgetting that you're dealt with injuries to your offensive line that's already isn't the best, but you're dealing with injuries. The, what Indy did, what Indy had a solid game plan. We're going to play man-to-man. We're not going to give up the big plays, and we're going to we're gonna keep the ball. Indy had the ball nearly double that, double the Chiefs. And... Their offense, Indy's offensive line and defensive line overpowered the Chiefs. Like, the Chiefs, the Chiefs could not match up at all. Patrick Mahomes, he, might, he had like a one or two crazy plays. But other than that, Patrick Mahomes was, was stifled. They shut down Travis Kelsey. Sammy Watkins was hurt. They... they there was no running game at all. Ah, man. You know, again, it, somebody said this on uh, FS1, and it, it really, um, oh, no, I think someone said it on, on, on ESPN. But somebody said this, and it really hit home with me. Right now, the Chiefs are these, these these Chiefs are starting to look like what Green Bay has been looking like for years now. You have the quarterback Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, but nearly everything around him is not up to par. Their defense, Green Bay's defense, has been trashed for years, and their defense has has actually, to be honest with you, has held Green Bay back. Their defense is terrible, as in both the Chiefs and Green Bay. Their defense has gotten, Green Bay's defense has gotten a little better this year, but for, before, their defense has always held them back. They don't really, um, their offensive line is, 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 oh man. Their offensive line is terrible when you match up against a physical defensive line. Same thing with Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers have always been one of the most hurried up or quarterback under distress. Yes, he's still great, and yes, he still makes plays, but that doesn't, the fact that he has to run for his life all the time, 
or he has to make plays with his legs and his and his brain. Same thing as Patrick Mahomes. This year's Chiefs, or not even this year's Chiefs, this iteration of the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes looks like what Green Bay has looked like for a long time with Aaron Rodgers. The problem with that is there's always been someone else that has when you look at when you look at every time that the 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 Green Bay loses, Aaron Rodgers is on the bench. It's re- I, you know I, I'm not I'm not one to say uh, you know it's not any of his fault. I'm not one to say Patrick Mahomes is 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 without blame. You know sometimes he 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 has some errant errant throws. Sometimes he he tries to make the 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 grand play like Aaron Rodgers used to do and still does from time to time. But when you have a player, a generational player or generational talent like Aaron Rodgers, like Patrick Mahomes, you need help. And, and, and I told you, I told many people this and many people already know that it's not like basketball, man. You can't have LeBron and, and kind of pencil yourself in at least to the playoffs or at least to the Eastern or Western Conference Finals year after year. That doesn't work. You need you have a team. You, time after time, we've seen leads disintegrate with Aaron Rodgers on the bench. Time after time, we've seen the Chiefs defense sabotage the offense. And I don't say sabotage as they mean to, but when the offense is playing so well, but the defense is getting gashed, it it it, it does it, it, it. Hey, man, like it it you know. Do I think that they're bound? Do I think the Chiefs will bounce back from this loss to NDS? But do I think that Patrick Mahomes, as great as he is? Isn't gonna mask, isn't gonna be able to mask all these problems? I don't believe so. Because he's one guy. As great as he is. This isn't the NFL. I mean, this isn't the NBA. One guy doesn't can't mask all the problems because there is a time there's times, as you clearly see, where Patrick Mahomes will not be on the field. There has to be a point where the defense is like, you know what? We're not gonna fail you. We're not going to give up the big play. I don't know how many times they had Jacoby Brissett looking like Andrew Luck. They had Marlon Mack, who was on my fantasy bench, unfortunately. They had Marlon Mack look like AP, look like Le'Veon Bell. (laughs) Again, do I still think the Chiefs can win the Super Bowl? Yes, I do, because Patrick Mahomes and that offense, when it's clicking on all cylinders, is one of the best, if not the best in the league. But one reason why I also think that they have a good shot of not winning the Super Bowl is because of their defense or is because of their offensive line. Something that Patrick Mahomes cannot control. There you go. Speaking of, uh, speaking of Green Bay, Green Bay, and not Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Jones, pretty much 
showed you who Dak Prescott and the Cowboys really are. <laughs> they dominate. Yes, the score looks pretty close. It, lo it looks, what, 34 to, to 24. Uh, Dak Prescott threw for like 460 yards, something like that. But don't let those numbers fool you. That game was not close. Aaron Jones became the first running back to to have like four rushing touchdowns against um against the Cowboys and I don't know how like I don't remember who it was that did that. Um Aaron Rodgers is now 5 and 0 at Cowboys Stadium. It's you know um what's his name? Stephen A Smith said the worst thing Dak Prescott could have done is not sign that extension. You know, and, and and right now I'm starting to believe him because year after, I mean, game after game, you know, when you play the Redskins, when you play the Dolphins, when you play the Giants, and you look like gangbusters, it's like, okay, you know, that's cool, but just wait, just wait. They haven't really been playing. They haven't played like a, a, a last year. They haven't played. They didn't play a team that made the, the, the playoffs last year. Then they played the Saints. Without... <laughs> Then they play the Saints without Drew Brees, lose, and get embarrassed pretty much. Then they play Green Bay without Devontae Adams, the number one wide receiver. They get embarrassed. You're starting to see the cracks that have always been there. Their defensive line, their, I mean, their defense, especially the back end of their defense, continues to get lost. Um, Dak Prescott, when you force Dak Prescott into, into making plays, he hasn't. He has not. He has not come through. When you're loading the box for Zeke, it's like if Zeke, if Zeke has not every game that they lose, every game that the 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 Cowboys lose, Zeke has a bad game. Look it up. Look it up. Or Zeke rushes under or just over a hundred yards. Look it up. In fact, never mind. Zeke rushes under a hundred yards every single game he's done that they've lost. So when you say who's more important, Dak or Zeke, go look at the numbers. This is why I said, and I'm not, and I'm not just saying, I didn't just say it because I'm a Redskins fan, but this is why I said that the Cowboys are not Super Bowl contenders. Yes, their defense is young and exciting and fast and, and physical, but just like Patrick Mahomes, you need both sides of the ball to come together and win the Cowboys offense is so like up and down it's it, it's not going to work. Dak Prescott looks like a Hall of Famer against teams that aren't that good. And yes, I'm putting my Redskins in there. But when you play a team that's adequate and the funny thing is Green Bay's defense isn't even like that. The Saints defense is spotty, but still is, is good, but it's not the greatest. And he looked lost. Not even just he. The Cowboys look lost. So, no, I don't think the Cowboys are Super Bowl contenders. No, I don't think Dak Prescott is a franchise quarterback. I think he has his head on right, and I think he, he's an intellectual leader. But do I think that he can? No, no, no. And every time they play a and, and the worst, worst, the worst, worst is Cowboys. The Cowboys schedule was about to get 
or is in in a season of uh, struggle because I think they got what Seattle next and we are and we'll talk about a little bit later about Seattle but so I'm saying I'm saying um moving on from the Cowboys and Green Bay I'm not, and again, I'm not talking about every single game that happened. I'm just going over a little recap of what happened. The Browns got embarrassed last night uh, to the 49ers. The 49ers are now, I think, what, 4-0. Um, they, look, they look good. Their defense is, is, is a strong, physical, fast defense. I don't want to say I told you so. I don't want to say that. But if you look back on a couple of my uh, look back at my episodes, I said, pump your brakes on the Browns. The Browns have a losing culture. It's going to take longer than two years to change a culture of losing for so for decades. We're starting to see exactly who the Browns really are. The Browns are not a good defensive team or their 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 back, you know, the back of their defense, corners, safeties, some of their uh, DBs are not that good. Yes, Leonard uh Miles Leonard's good, but their defense isn't the greatest. Their defensive line is horrible. Horrible. We saw, I don't know how many times I've seen a man rush for more than 40 yards last night. Baker Mayfield throws entirely too many interceptions. And I'm not blaming all this on Baker Mayfield, but the truth needs to be. Baker Mayfield throws entirely too many interceptions. The The team as a whole is struggling to incorporate incorporate Odell Beckham Jr., who at his best is one of the top five running uh, wide receivers in the game. They don't know. They're, they're struggling with their identity because one, one week they want to be a run heavy with Nick Chubb. One week they want to be a pass heavy with Landry and Odell Beckham and Baker Mayfield. Yet, and Olivier Vernon, yet... Baker Mayfield throws too many interceptions. Freddie Kitchens' play calling is some of the worst play calling I've seen in a while. Case in point, at the one-yard line, and you throw four times, I think the Seahawks in the Super Bowl should have told you at least maybe run that once. They didn't do that. Again, there's so much wrong with there's so much wrong with the Browns. It's like, you know, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a 1990 Ford that's on his last leg, but you get, you got it in a new paint job. Yeah, it still will run because it's not completely dead and the paint job looks beautiful. Oh, and you get it, you gave it new rims. The paint job looks beautiful. The rims look beautiful, but the car is still on its last leg. Yes, do you can you can you change the engine or update the engine? Can you get a whole bunch of new parts? Yes, you can, but they haven't done that yet. Baker Mayfield, um, 
Olivier Vernon, Odell Beckham Jr. They are rims. They are a beautiful paint job. But like I said about the Redskins or in any other bad organization, it is the foundation. It is the hood of the car. What's under the hood? Has that been addressed? Because until that's been addressed, just because you change coaches to a coach that's never been a coach, not even a coordinator, you get what you get. You get the Browns. You get the Browns. Um, we'll have to see. No, they're not even. To me, they're not even close to winning a Super Bowl. Not even close. And that's that's just real. They're not close. What? Yes, they beat. They destroyed uh, the Ravens the other day, but or Ravens last week. But even the Ravens looked horrible. And and I, we might need to pump a brakes with Lamar Jackson. Yes, he's he's improved, but he looked terrible yesterday. I mean Sunday. So we we not 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 just him, but oh man, the Ravens defense looks horrible, horrible. So we might want to pump the brakes on the Ravens. Maybe the Ravens aren't as good as we thought. But outside of that Ravens win, they've looked horrible every single week, as in the Browns. So, you know, that's, that's something that pump the brakes when we talk about Super Bowl contenders. I think now people are understanding, yeah, they, they might not be uh, it. Um, I don't feel like talking about the, the, the Viking situation. All I'm going to say is, there's a reason. One thing that the Redskins did do right was franchise tag um, Kirk Cousins, and they're telling you why. They're, do I think they should have franchise tagged him what three years in a row? No, but you're starting to you're starting to really see why Washington, who is makes poor decisions, like they wake up when they wake up in the morning, didn't want to make him a franchise quarterback. You're starting to see that. Yes, they won on Sunday. But you're starting to see. You're starting to see why Kirk Cousins might not be it. Um, before I get off of um, the NFL, I want to talk about the MVP race. Uh, I'm only going to talk about, them to right now, my top three in no particular order. These are just my top three. Uh, I had to take Mahomes out just because of the loss. Mahomes was in my top three the entire year. Now, of course, the year's still, I mean, the, the season's still, you know, early. What was this, week five? But right now, when I'm looking at the three best or the three top MVP, MVP candidates, there's two people, three people that right now are, are better in the MVP race. May not be better players, but better MVP race than Patrick Mahomes. And that is... Christian McCaffrey from the Panthers, that he, right now, right now, he is the best running back in the league, hands down. Better than Ty, uh, Ty Gurley, better than anybody that, better than Le'Veon Bell, better than uh, Alvin Kamara. He right now is, is I'm not saying he complete, like totally is, but right now he's playing like the best running back in the league. He is the Panthers' best option right now. With with um, Cam Newton hurt, Kyle Allen starting to see he's not he's not as reliable as we thought. 
the defense is still good, but the the lone offensive cons, cons, like uh, the person that's most consistent on the offense is Christian McCaffrey. He, I, I think he is since Jim Brown the first player that's had a rushing touchdown in every single game of the year so far. And now again, I know it's week five, but in the first five weeks, he's had a rushing touchdown in every single game. Christian McCaffrey is incredible. He went off on Sunday. He is incredible. To me, I know I said no particular order, but right now he is leading in the MVP race. If I, if I was to vote today, Christian McCaffrey would have my vote. Number two would be Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, while Houston's offensive line is still trying to figure itself out, it hasn't been the greatest. Yet, he has still found a way to make players like Will Fuller to, to carry a Houston team every week. And he looks like a premier quarterback, and he is a premier quarterback. But, again, I understand that his offensive line is still not the greatest, even with Laramie, Laramie, Laramie Tunsil coming in. They're still trying to figure themselves out. But he has, week after week, continued to shine. Yes, he might have a bad quarter, but I don't think he's had a bad game. Yes, he's had bad series. He's had bad quarters. He's had bad halves. But Deshaun Watson has not had a bad game yet. That's one thing that's different from him to Patrick Mahomes this year. Patrick Mahomes had a bad game last week. Entire game. Deshaun Watson has not had a complete bad game. And that's why he's in my top three. And my third has to be Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, we talk, we talk about this year after year, but what he's doing with the talent that he has around him. In fact, people that's listening or watching, I appreciate it. Um, but people that's listening or watching, I challenge you, without looking or without Googling, I challenge you to name five offensive starters outside of Russell Wilson. Today, right now, I challenge you, you again, without looking, it, it will be, it will be, if you're able to do that, you might be, you, you might be not only a Seahawks fan, but you might be the greatest um, analyst ever. He has been playing with a makeshift offense since the Legion of Boom broke up. And year after year, he is amongst the leaders in Touchdown passes, uh, passing yards, and wins. And this year, especially the game he had on uh, Thursday against the Rams, was probably one of his best games he's ever had. He was making incredible throws, especially the throw to Tyler Lockett. Um, Russell Wilson, to me, is at least second. To me, okay, we're going to put it in order. Christian McCaffrey's number one in the MVP. To me, Russell Wilson's second and Deshaun Watson's third. And a, a, a close fourth is Patrick Mahomes right now. Though That's my MVP race. Now, of course, this is only week five, or we just finished week five, so that all can change. But that's my MVP race. And it will be hard-pressed for you to tell me somebody that's been better than at least those four. People throwing in Dak Prescott, no. Tom Brady, while Tom Brady hasn't looked, I mean, he's, they're undefeated. But if you really look at the games, Tom Brady hasn't looked his best. It's been, their defense has been, 
that has to be one of the best defenses he's had since the Teddy Bruschi days. Though his defense is incredible. Now his off, like I said, he hasn't really. Tom Brady hasn't been his. Hasn't been the Tom Brady that we remember. But nah, I can see how you'll put maybe a Michael Thomas for the Saints or Alvin Kamara for the Saints. But I don't. I wouldn't put them over Christian. Christian McCaffrey, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, or Patrick Mahomes. So maybe they're a close fifth. I don't know. But that's my MVP race right now. And that's my MVP rankings. If you disagree, of course, you can always hit me up and we'll talk about it. But I think that's all I want to talk about when we when it comes to uh, football. Before I go into bat, well, no, going into basketball, before I go into NBA, one thing I do need to do is shout out the Washington Mystics. Tonight at 8 o'clock, they will be playing game two. They will be playing game four of the Western, I mean, um, WNBA Finals. If they win today, they will be WNBA Finals, the Washington Mystics. That is Adelaide Deladon playing with a herniated back. That's Emma Mieseman, who's come back, come up looking like <laughs> she looks like Clay Thompson out here. Uh, uh, Christy Tulliver is looking incredible. You have um, everybody on that team is looking. See, the one thing, the thing that Washington, the Mystics have had that nobody else has this entire year is depth. Atkins has looked great. Um, they have. They've looked incredible. And the one game, and, and it really shows you just how much or just how important um, just how important Elena Deladon is. Because the one game that she was out or you know she didn't finish, they got blasted by the Suns, the Connecticut Suns. They got blasted. But like I said, Deladon looked great. Uh, Natasha Cloud has looked great. Um, Tina Hawkins has looked great. Shatori Walker has looked great. Um, Latoya Saunders has handled the pressure down low. Ariel Powers has handled the pressure down low. Especially because, as we know, the Connecticut Sun, their, their strength is pounding the paint. Pounding the paint. And the fact that not only is Elena Deladon playing with a damn hernia in the back, and she can't even go to the post, but... If you really look at the Mystics, it's a small team, but it has a lot of depth and a lot of solid players. So, again, I want to shout out to the Washington Mystics. Tonight at 8 o'clock, they are playing to secure the WNBA championship. I'm, I'm rooting for my Mystics. Trust me, uh, I know I don't have it up here, but I'm definitely about to get a Mystics jersey and put up there. Uh, and my, you know, wall the jerseys, I guess. Um... I'm going to the parade, man. We need to win, guys, because I want to go to this parade. I went to the Capitals parade, but it would behoove me not to go to the Mystics parade if they win. So, shouts out to the Mystics. That is tonight on ESPN2 at 8 o'clock. They will be playing to go up 3-1, which means that they win the WNBA championship. You know, Washington, when you look at Washington, you have to take what we get. The Wizards aren't going to be no good this year. Yeah, they have um, Pat Bradley Bill, but they're not going to be no good. 
The Redskins are not good at all. The Capitals, we don't know. They did just win. And we can't we're not we cannot look at the Mystics as a second class team. Cause Quad has kept the last few years, hell, this is the this is the Mystics back to back championship uh no. Uh, WNBA uh, Finals appearance. They they just lost last year because they ran up against a, a bomb squad and Elena Deladon got injured. Like we can't look at the Mystics. We, we we have to stop looking at the Mystics as a second class team. While Quadras has kept, they've been the most successful for many years now. And the fact that they're about to win a national. I mean, they're about to win a W, Lord willing, a WNBA championship, and not one organization outside of Washington is talking about it. Let you know that at least us in Washington, we have to really back our teams because think about it. If it was not for the Washington Mystics, who the hell would we root for? And, and honestly, deep down, think we could win. I'm a Wizards fan through and through. There is no way. I don't even think we're making the playoffs this year, let alone winning 40 games. Redskins, I don't even think we're going to win two games. We might win three. Might. The Capitals, we still have to see. But homie just got busted. Homie just, uh, dude on the Capitals, I forgot his name. He just, he just got suspended for cocaine use. Go Mystics. Shouts out to the Mystics. Again, 8 o'clock, ESPN tonight. ESPN 2 tonight. The Mystics, Lord willing, will be winning their, their first ever WNBA championship. So, shouts out to them. Um, sticking with basketball, uh, the preseason is underway. The Lakers looked incredible. <laughs> They went up against Golden State. They looked they looked like gangbusters. Um, LeBron James and Anthony Davis look like right now, and I know it's just the preseason, but right now they look like they're probably going to be the best duo in the NBA by far. We still need to see what Kawhi Leonard and Paul George look like. We did see what um, James Harden and Russell Westbrook look like, but they didn't look anywhere close to LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They looked incredible. Man, I think they only played one quarter and after out of they both combined for 37 points. Um and that's, you know, we also need to talk about how Golden State, yeah, Willie Collie Stein didn't play, but they have a big problem. You know, Amari Spellman isn't it? Uh homeboy that they got from Villanova uh this year in the in the draft he's still a rookie um they need Willie Collie Stein desperately and they need more bigs because right now Anthony Davis ate them alive it was it was horrible and 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 quite as kept <laughs> nobody outside of Stephen Curry shot oh shot even close to 40 percent so you know I know it's just the preseason it's just the preseason but this is what I'm seeing um again uh the some of the rookies look good zion williamson looked incredible he looked man he looked incredible against the hawks the other day he had he had a couple dunks um a couple i don't know about his shot but you know getting to the rim it looks effortless to him 
So Zion looked incredible. Uh, Lonzo Ball's shot looked really good. I think he went like three for eight for nine points, and his shot looked, you know, he had a couple step-back threes. Uh, he had a three in Trey Young's face. Uh, that looked really good. Um, and and they're going to be an exciting team. I don't know if they're good enough to even make the playoffs, as in the Pelicans, but they will be ex- an exciting. They will be an exciting team the entire year with Lonzo Ball, with Zion Williamson, with Brandon Ingram, with uh, Josh Hart, with JJ Redick. They are going to be very exciting. And you even saw preseason. Zion Williamson has 16 points, but most of them were dunks, and they were exciting dunks. So again, I don't know how good they'll be. I don't know. I don't even. I don't think, especially in the West. Now, if they were in the East, they'll be a top four team. But I don't think in the West they will be. They will make the playoffs, but they'll still be exciting. Um, and the last thing I'm we'll talk about before I, I move on is the situation that the Rockets find themselves in against China. So, Daryl Morey, the GM of the GM of the Rockets um, tweeted an image that read, fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong, referring to the four-month-old process that Hong Kong has had with China. The problem with that is the Rockets are in China right now. <laughs> and China has, not only has China canceled uh all their preseason games with um, the Rockets. But China leaders are now demanding the firing of Daryl Morey, who, like I said, is the GM, Um, especially after Daryl Morey pretty much apologized by saying, sorry, not sorry, I stand by what I said. That's what he said. Um, It's a weird, it's a, it's, a, it's a crazy situation because when you look at the culture, I understand that Daryl Morey comes from a culture in the United States of freedom of speech. China isn't like that, man. China is different. Now, do I think Daryl Morey should get fired? No. I don't. I mean, he didn't really do anything wrong. He just misspoke about us. He, he, he spoke about a situation he really doesn't know much about. Which is, I mean, we see that almost every day. And he didn't really, he wasn't ignorant with it, you know what I mean? Well, he was ignorant in the fact of not knowing, but he wasn't like, like, like crazy with it. So do I think he should be fired? No, I don't think he will get fired anyways. But um, it's a weird situation, man. China, while I think that the NBA might, might do something because China is their second biggest market outside of the United States. So, you know, that is, we don't want to lose China as a whole. So we'll see how that goes. But I don't, I don't, I don't know. I have to see more of what comes out of that. No, again, I don't think that Daryl Moore will get fired, but I, the NBA will, has to find a way to get in front of this because, again, you don't want to lose China as a whole. Think about it. Uh, China is not only the NBA's second biggest market, but some of the biggest um, NBA stars. LeBron James goes to China almost every year. Steph Curry goes to China every year. Uh, Anta is a Chinese or an Asian um, 
Asian brand that has people like, uh, what's his name? Um, Clay Thompson. Ba- uh, Ling Wei that is with uh, D. Wade. So, you know, I, I, I'm curious to see how the NBA gets in front of this. So, um, before we go, just a couple, just a quick MLB update. I'm not talking about any other team except mine until we either continue to win or are out of it. The Washington Nationals last night, winning six to one, forced a game five against the Dodgers. Game five, I think, will be either tomorrow or the next day. I do not know. Actually, no, it will be tomorrow in Dodger Stadium. But the Washington Nationals forced a game five. I'm not talking about the Yankees. I'm not talking about the Astros. I'm not talking about none of them until my Washington, my Washington Nationals either win or go home, which we will see tomorrow. Again, shouts out to the Nationals. Go Nats, go. We are playing in a game five with historically the worst. I'm not even going to put that in air quotations because our bullpen's trash. But... Shouts out to the Washington Nationals. Let's go. Game five is tomorrow on TBS. They will be going against the Dodgers. And it is just it, it was it is fitting to me that if they if they beat the Dodgers, you know if when they beat the Dodgers, the Dodgers season, as great as it was, will end in failure yet again. Mark my words. And before we go, I want to give a shout out to Simone Biles, who set career records in multiple gymnastic uh, events this morning or last night. I'm not too sure. But she set a record for winning her 21st career, career world championship gold medal. A lot, we don't really talk about gymnastics a lot, but when we talk about one of the greatest, you know, some of the greatest athletes. But I do know this. Simone Biles, when we talk about one of the most dominant athletes ever, Simone Biles' name has to be brought up. While she is like 5'1", Simone Biles is the face of Olympic gymnastics and has been the face of Olympic gymnastics since Gabby Douglas. Shouts out to Simone again winning her 21st career championship medal. A lot of people don't get one. She has 21. When we talk about dominance, we talk about, and when we talk about the dominance of the Olympics, we talk about USA basketball. We talk about, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Michael Phelps. We talk about Ryan Leach. We need to start talking, and we need to start putting respect on Simone Biles' name. So shouts out to Simone Biles for winning her 21st career world championship medal. And there you have it. That has been this week's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for continuing to send me support. Uh, Again, I love doing this. Um, I know I said last week that Unpopular Questions was coming back and it didn't. It's definitely coming back this week. So please send your questions. Please, please, please send your questions. I appreciate all y'all. I love all y'all. Please subscribe. Please subscribe. Please subscribe. Wherever you're listening, whether this is iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, YouTube, please, please subscribe. It would mean the world to me. I appreciate all you guys. I love all you guys. And until next time, much love.